What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of Something About Sports right here on Movement Radio. I'm Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. And I'm Roger Sierra. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing something a little bit different. Now, most of the time you guys hear us talk about football. You talk, uh, We talk about uh, professional wrestling. We talk about all sorts of different ones. But we don't. we rarely talk about mixed martial arts. But tonight we're going to. And we're going to talk about the 10 worst debut fights in UFC history. Now, every fighter aims to leave an amazing first impression, especially in the UFC. But these debuts were very, very highly disappointed. Uh, the debut fight is one of the most important bouts for any UFC fighter's career. While it's possible to lose your first appearance in the octagon and be okay, it's important to showcase some skill or ability to show that you've earned your place in the promotion. It's not out of the question that a competitor can be released after a really bad first outing. With that in mind, not everyone does indeed have a bad debut. Instead, fans have been treated to some terrible debuts from fighters over the years. Everyone from future Hall of Famers to CM Punk have struggled in their very first UFC fights. So let's not waste any time. Let's jump straight into it. Which one do you guys want to take the first one tonight? Uh, I think you should. All right. Well, we're going to kick it <laughs> off tonight. I mean, I was going to be generous and let one of y'all take it, but okay, I, I can go first tonight. Uh, this first one is Mark Hunt. Now, Mark Hunt notably turned down the UFC offer to buy out his contract after Pride shut down. He wanted to fight in the UFC badly. He would eventually prove his uh, prove his place in the promotion with time, but it didn't happen in his debut. Hunt's debut at UFC 115 came against Sean McCourtley. McCourtle, I'm sorry. The New Zealander was taken down and submitted by an armbar just a minute into the contest. It would end up being McCourtland's, I'm sorry, McCourtley, I can't pronounce his name, I'm sorry. It, was, it, would, it would end up being his only UFC win. And you go back and you look at what Mark Hunt did. Um, you know, he did lose his very first uh, fight um, to uh, Hideko uh, Yoshida. But then he, you know, had a he went on a five fight win streak and beat some beat Vanderlei Silva, Mirko Krokop. So he did have some good victories in those. But that's but all pride. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about pride. He because he started off good in pride, but then as soon as he, so he ran to Josh Barnett, lost to Josh Barnett, lost to Fedor, Alistair Overeem, Melvin Manhoff. Like he he started getting a bunch of losses built up, which is strange to me because he was kind of a 500 fighter when he went to the UFC. I mean, he had a reputation, but at the same time, it was like, you know, how could he fare in the UFC, you know? And then he fights uh, Sean McCordle and, you know, one minute, three seconds into the first round arm bar. You know what I mean? Now he has since redeemed himself beating guys. I think he went, yeah, for a four fight win streak. Uh, beating Ben Rothwell and Chet Congo in that uh, run, lost to Junior Dos Santos, which that fight actually was fight of the night, um, and then had a draw with Antonio Silva, beat C Big Country Roy Nelson, you know, loss of Verdu, 
you know, but he had, but he redeemed himself of the Silva fight, beat Frank Mir, uh, got beat by Brock Lesnar, but it was overturned due to uh, steroids, but it's fine. You know, and he's been, he's been doing okay here and there. Now he is currently on a three fight win, a three fight uh, losing streak currently. Um, his last fight, well, actually, no, he's not even fighting anymore. His last fight was against uh, Justin Willis uh, at DeSantos versus uh, Tuvalza. And that was back on December 2nd, 2018. Uh, I mean, me personally, like, I wasn't really, a, I mean, I didn't watch Pride a lot. Like, I watched, like, the big names, the big names that I knew. You know, like I remember watching Mirko and Silva and guys like that. Um, you know, which he was, I mean, he was in Pride uh, for about two years, I want to say. Yeah. Um, now, where did Sean McCorkle fight before UFC? Sean McCorkle, uh, let me go down here and look real quick. He actually, he got uh, out of the game in 14 and he... He actually, this is the thing that blows my mind. Well, here, so going into the Mark Go Hunt ahead. fight, he, well, going into the Mark Hunt fight, he was undefeated, 9 and 0. Yep. But he only had one win in UFC. So this was also his UFC debut. But where did he fight before? Was it Pride or was it something else? It was something completely different. The majority of his fights took place in Indianapolis, Indiana. He so fought the amateur league. It was Legends of Fighting. That was the name of the league. Um, now he did have a fight in uh, King of the Cage. He did have the King a King of the Cage fight uh, against Robert Hogan, which was his third fight. Um, and it, ironically, only in in his in his uh, thirteen in that in his first thirteen fights, only one fight went to decision. Every other fight was there were two. Okay. One fight went went to decision. Uh, two fights went to the second round, but the other ten, he won all ten. He won ten fights in the first round, most of them by submission. No, no, I'm sorry, most of them by technical knockout. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, but he goes and he fights uh, uh, Stefan Strauss. And gets KO'd at UFC 124. Stefan Struess. Stefan Struess, thank you. I, I cannot pronounce that man's name to save my life. And then Christian Moorcraft, by technical submission, and that was Big Nog versus uh, Davis. But then the UFC just let him go. Like, no round no reason. But I don't know if it was because he was on, because sometimes UFC does that where if you lose a certain number of fights, they let you go. And I don't know the ins and outs as to why he got released or anything like that. Um, not generating money? Probably not. Um, well, it says right here, it says, uh, Corkley, um, his next fight against Christian Moorcraft, where he lost, was close. it was a closely contested contest in the first round. Um, apparently, he, he, uh, he had suffered an illegal low blow and no one seen him. But anyway, it says in the spring of 2011, UFC released him of his contract. And he would still be featured, but he, he but he was still featured in the UFC Undisputed Three game. Uh, he left there, went to Bellator for a little while. Um, he got involved with professional wrestling, actually. Um, 
Mark Hunt or Sean McCorkle? Sean McCorkle. Sean McCorkle also made an appearance at Freedom Pro Wrestling, a promotion based out of Wisconsin. On 4-2012, McCorkle won his debut match against C.J. O'Doyle, the promotion current the promotion's current O'Doyle rules. <laughs> he his nickname was the Smack Talking Jobber. Who O'Doyle? No, uh, <laughs> I mean, you gonna make your heavyweight champion called uh... <laughs> oh, Smack Talking Jobber? I'm so jobber. confused. I love it. Oh man, the Smack Talking Jobber. That's so great. I love it. It's great, but. But yeah, I mean, Mark Hunt for for all intents and purposes, man, thirteen overall wins, fourteen losses. You know, now to his credit, he does have knockout. He did he did win knockout of the night twice, fight of the night three times, and performance of the night twice. Um, you know, he was two thousand and four Rookie of the Year for FightMatrix.com, uh, MMAJunkies.com, which is really a pretty profound uh, profound website actually it's one of the better ones out there for mixed martial arts um he won 2014 september knockout of the month against roy nelson um and then in, in, and then world mm at the world mma awards in 2014 won knockout of the year because of the roy nelson fight that was a pretty vicious knockout if you ever get a chance to watch it go look that up um but yeah but I mean, I never saw Mark Hunt as like, like he was good, but he wasn't good enough to beat the people when it mattered that at the time. Does that does that make sense? Like I'm trying to explain it. Yeah, but I mean, he's also the kind of guy that gets people to watch because they know it's going to be pretty much a finish fight. Right. He does draw numbers. He does. Mm-hmm. He really does. Yeah. So that being said, we move on to Mark Hunt to the next one, and okay. oh boy, yeah, get this one because <laughs> next on the list is uh old Max Holloway. Uh, so Max Holloway has cemented his place in UFC history as arguably the greatest featherweight of all time. However, the skills that he's showcased over the last decade weren't on display in his debut fight against Dustin Poirier, uh, UFC one forty three. Yeah. Uh, Holloway seemed to have no answer for Poirier's slick boxing on defeat, and the Louisiana native took his opponent down. I hate how they use a pronoun like that. Uh, Poirier uh, took down Max Holloway soon thereafter and dominated him on the mat en route to a triangle armbar win. Uh, and then Max Holloway went, fucking came out of nowhere and started killing everybody in his path. Bro, yeah. Dude, Pat Schilling, Justin Lawrence, Leonard Garcia. Dude, when I tell you I was... Wait, I legit thought Leonard Garcia would whoop his ass and that would be it. Leonard Garcia was like 108 at the time. But at the same time, though, he was still <laughs> a more legit threat. No, he Let's wasn't. Be, yes, he, at he that point. In 2012? In 2012? No, no. In 2012, really? No. Leonard come Garcia, on, no. Come on, man. Come on, man. He was fighting since like 98. <laughs> it's like saying Jess Polder was a fucking threat at the point. <laughs> That's like saying CM Punk was ever a threat. Ooh, I don't know about <laughs> hey, that. Hey, wait, first of all, you're right. But, uh, I mean, Leonard Garcia uh, at 2012? No. But you, but you acting like the guy was a scrub, though, man. He, he wasn't a scrub, scrub, but he was way old. <laughs> He's way past his prime. I like Leonard Garcia back in the day. 
But how shit, many, 2012? Uh, okay, you got me with the 2012 thing. Okay, I will admit that. He may have been old, but he was still formidable. Yeah, maybe, like I okay. said, 2005 maybe, but shit. Okay. You know, how many times have he got his ass whooped in the seven years since? Uh, thank you, babe. Oh. And he also got put into Twister before then? Yeah, let's right. not talk about We don't talk about the Twister. <laughs> oh, oh we don't okay. Talk about the Twister. okay. Oh, okay. Oh. We can't talk about that one? Oh, <laughs> no. But 2012, he was four All right, you're right. <laughs> I'm just playing. I don't give a shit. But no, um, but no, for real, back to Max Holloway, though. Yeah, Max Holloway did get beat, you know, but then, like what you said, man, he came out of nowhere. Andre, uh, like, just he went on a tear, man. Cub Swanson, Cole Miller, uh, Charles Olivier, Oliveira. I'm sorry, Oliveira. Uh, yeah. yeah, Oliveira. Yeah, uh, Jeremy <laughs> Stevens. Almost said <laughs> Kenny, o- Kenny Omega, <laughs> right? Anthony Pettis, Jose Aldo, twice. Yep, Jose Aldo, twice. You yep. know, Brian Ortega. But then, who did he lose to? The Poirier. very next fight, Poirier. Because Poirier, Poirier is his kryptonite, right? Here's you know, the thing, though. Poirier, Poirier might be the greatest featherweight of all time, to be honest. Uh, God, man. There's just been so many great featherweights, though. Like, but Poirier's beaten, I think, everybody at least once. Yeah. I think for, everybody for, at least once. Like, for me, I mean... You know what's strange about that, though? Poirier... Poirier never was never featherweight champion though in the UFC. Like that shocks me. Wait, did he just beat? Did he beat McGregor for the title? Mm, I'm looking at the 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 featherweight uh thing. That might be lightweight. Another thing about it, he might have moved yeah. up for that. Jose, well, well, Jose Aldo was like the man in the featherweight division because he won the title and no, he won he won the title November twentieth, uh, 2010, and didn't lose it until twenty fifteen when Conor McGregor beat him. Yeah. Um I mean, but he beat, you know, Mark Hol- uh Homerick, uh Kenny Florian, Chad Mendez, Frankie Edgar, uh Zhang Shan Singh, um Ricardo Lamas. Like, I mean, he 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 went against some heavy hitters. Um but man, like doesn't Portier, yeah, man. I, he he's up there as one of the best. He, he I think he's the best featherweight to never win a championship, my honest opinion. Um, I mean, he's won a championship. He's been he's won a champion. I'm talking about UFC. Okay, lightweight. Okay, yeah, that yeah. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't been he hasn't been featherweight. He's uh, he was only a featherweight for three years, and then he went. He started as lightweight, went down to featherweight, then went back up to lightweight. Okay, that, probably, yeah. healthier for, probably healthier for him to be honest. Yeah, and dude, and he's got a fucking killer rate. Dude, 28 wins, seven losses, uh, Four, 14 by way of knockout. He has a, no, he has one no contest at all, yeah. Yeah, well, one yeah. no contest, yeah. yeah. That was the that was the uh, the Eddie Alvarez fight. Yeah, but no, fucking Poirier's only thirty three. He still has a good dude. He's dude, four he's or got five more years. Dude, I mean, well, hell, the way the athletes are taking care of their bodies, hell, he may have ten years, depending on you know how much strain he puts on himself. So okay, so here's what it was weird. I, the reason why I thought he was. Featherweight champion is because he faced Max Holloway for the interim UFC champion, light heavyweight champ, the lightweight championship. I thought it was for the fucking featherweight championship, right? Yeah. Uh, I think actually Khabib might be the only person he's not beaten. Oh wow! 
Uh, yeah. Hey, Khabib's a bad motherfucker, dude. <laughs> and I think that's the reason why he went up to lightweight so he could keep facing. Right, but I mean, they were tougher for him. Right, but but back to Max Holloway, like I mean, he's you know UFC featherweight champion. You know, had three successful title defenses with that championship. You know, um, he had you know he was knocked out of the night one time, fight of the night five times, performance of the night four times. The first American to win the UFC featherweight championship. He tied for the third longest win streak in UFC history, um, which. Is, which he's tied with John Jones, Demetrius Johnson, George St. Pierre, and uh, Khabib. Longest winning streak of a UFC featherweight. Second most fights in the UFC featherweight division. Most wins in the UFC featherweight division. Most knockouts slash TKO wins. Most finishes. Um, tied for most fight bonuses. Tied with nine with Cub Swanson. So he's he's got... A lot of good, and he he also won the 2021 UFC Forrest Griffin Community Award, which is given to those Walter Payton style. Basically, it's the Walter Payton Award for mixed martial arts. Basically, so yeah, so you know, good guy Max Holloway. So, but but dude was a fucking savage. He was man. He really was. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Chip. Yep. Uh, you there? Okay. Here. Okay. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. There. All right. Uh, so so next up, we're going to talk about the the two guys who who beat CM Punk. Uh, I'm not going to let that one go. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, how are you going to keep riffing on your favorite wrestler? We'll talk about that one. <laughs> your favorite yeah. wrestler. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. We talk about wrestling. Uh, so we're going to talk about the debut of Mike Jackson. So uh, Houston's Mike Jackson has one of the strangest careers in UFC history. His journey began in 2016 when he was tabbed as uh, uh, on very short notice for prospect Mickey Gall. Mm. It would be Jackson's pro debut after a three and six amateur career. Now, Mickey Gall proved that he was levels above Mike Jackson and it only took 45 seconds. He knocked uh, Jackson down and immediately not uh, locked in a rear naked choke and, and choked him out. Like it, it was, I, I want to say maybe Mickey Gall threw about five or six punches. One of them landed flush. Jackson went down and, Gall dove on him and choked him out. Mike Jackson looks like the creative fighter in the UFC games. He probably is. I mean, he might be. I mean, I'm not meaning to be disrespectful, but I mean, that's, I mean, he, I mean, he came in with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of moment. I mean, he was three years Time out, time out, time out, time out. Let me talk. Don't jump down my throat yet. Give me a second. No, Let me explain. Jump it down your throat. Okay. So he also had a professional boxing career uh, prior to being in mixed martial arts, and he, he was undefeated yeah. in his boxing. Now, I know boxing different yeah. than mixed martial arts. I understand that. Yeah, but he, he had, had that puncher's pedigree. Okay. He had, four, he had four fights, won all four by knockout. Right. So he had some pedigrees. Okay. Okay. But he, the difference he is he's did, just a boxer. What? Go ahead. He also did kickboxing. He had a two and one record 
or a, a one in one record in kickboxing. He had two fights there. Right. So he had some, you know, it wasn't like he was just, a, it wasn't like he was just a tomato can getting thrown to Mickey Gall. You know what I mean? Mickey Gall, on the other hand, is a monster. You know, uh, when he came on, when he came on as a prospect, he was before he lost to Randy Brown, before he lost to Diego Sanchez, Mike Perry. Yeah. When he started facing guys that weren't jobbers. Now he did beat Sage Northcutt and Northcutt is damn good. It is, is pretty good. Uh, they're I mean, they're the same person. He's 11 he, and three. Who? Like all uh, jobbers. Sage Northcutt's just eleven and three, dude. All he's oh. lost to is uh, Mickey in the UFC. He's lost to Brian uh, Baronell, uh, Mickey Gall, and he just lost to uh, back in twenty nineteen. Lost to Cosmo Ale- Alexandro. Um, but I mean, it wasn't like he's you know he's still a prospect in a sense. You know, he's only like he's only twenty six years old, so he's still a prospect. You know, Mickey Gall technically is. Well, hey, I don't say he's a prospect anymore. He's a, he just turned thirty this year, so he's, he's thirty he's and he has an MMA record of twelve and seven. Who, Mickey Gall? Yeah, no, he has a he has a record of seven and five. UFC record? He said MMA record. His mixed martial arts record is seven and five. He's had twelve matches. Okay. I mean, I'm looking right at his mixed martial arts record right here in front of me. Let me guess. You're looking at Wikipedia, right? Well, I mean, where else? I mean, what, unless you want to go to Sheardog.com, and I'm pretty sure it'll tell you the same information. Okay. Go ahead. Nevertheless, you know, you know Mike Jackson did, you know, have a 45-second blunder, but then his next fight was against CM Punk. Uh, now, ironically enough about that fight is that at this point, CM Punk had been training for, cause he had already had the fight with Mickey Gall and then CM Punk goes to fight Mike Jackson next. So, okay, these are the last two guys to lose to Mickey Gall. So let's see what they can do. And matter of fact, let me go up here and read what it says. It says, Right here it says, Jackson next faced CM Punk at UFC 225 on June 9th, 2018. Jackson dominated the largely uneventful fight, winning via unanimous decision. After the bout, UFC president Dana White criticized Jackson's performance and stated that he would, he would, not, he would not be likely to fight in the UFC again. Three years after the bout, it was made public that the result was overturned to a no contest when the IDFPR by the IDFPR after Jackson tested positive for marijuana and was suspended for three months. So what a performance enhancement drug that is. (laughs) That's a whole nother can of worms. I don't feel like jumping into. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, I mean, if you ever, if you, if you even watch that fight, he, he tickled him. He fucking tickled him in the middle of the fight. And I think I was listening to, uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan's, uh, mixed martial arts hour. Uh, I cannot remember who he was on there with. It, it was, a, it was a pro fighter. Uh, he fought with, uh, uh, God, I, I want to say he, I think he was in Milicic's camp. Um, 
but he talked about, you know, how that was what Jackson did, you know, tickling him during the fight, not taking the fight serious, you know, because it was CM Punk. But it's like, you know, even if you're, you know, even if you're just a, even professional wrestling fans who really don't care so much for UFC, they care, they care for CM Punk and you're going to have a bunch of eyes on the product. Because at the time, even though CM Punk was away from professional wrestling, he still has drawing power. You know what I mean? But after you shit the bed against Mickey Gall, a lot of people was like, okay, that was his first fight. We'll give him a little bit of credit. You know, it, you know, it, it his nerves, you know, however you want to say it. But then Punk gets in there with Mike Jackson, and it was literally like you can tell from the very from the first minute that okay, Jackson's a way better fighter than what he is, than, than what CM Punk is. He should end this thing quickly. And he fucked around and you know, let it go three rounds. So it's like, you know, what was the point? You know, like he could have ended it at any point. Um, but he didn't go one. Uh, was it four years later <laughs> in uh, April of this year, 2022, he actually battled uh, Dean Barry at UFC fight night and got disqualified for eye gouging. So Intention. This, not, this no, man is not going to be Jackson. Jackson won that fight. Oh, they were saying that Jackson got the eye gouge. Yeah, because no. it, it says right here. It says, it says the uh, he, he won the fight via disqualification in the first round after being rendered unable to continue due to an intentional eye gouge. Oh, so Dean Barry was the one that did the eye gouge and not the other way around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even see and, the wind check over here. Okay. And and Mike Jackson is actually scheduled to face Pete Rodriguez on uh October fifteenth, twenty twenty two at UFC Fight Night two twelve. Okay. And it's so weird they're naming the fight they're numbering the fight nights now, golly. And we're already up to two twelve. Like it's well, they have them like every other week. Yeah, they've been doing well because, yeah. I mean, back, I mean, back then, man, I mean, golly, it's like the AEW roster. It's just so many people. You don't know who to book for each event, you know? You know, when you do the WWE strategy and buy your competition out. <laughs> That's a good point. Because I don't really, I mean, Bellator's still around, but they're fast fading. Um, isn't Bellator a part of them? Like, isn't that one of their subsidiaries? I, to be honest with you, I really don't know. I have to let me look real quick, just so I just so I'm. Is he Bellator? MMA. Bellator MMA. Uh, no, their owners are Paramount Global. Okay. Scott Coker. Uh, Scott Coker is president. Coker. Yeah, yeah. Coker. I don't. For some reason, I was with you, Roger. I thought they were like a feeder system. They used. To, I thought they used to be, but I think I mean, about them out. I mean, technically, they I mean. Pfft. I mean, was the USFL a feeder system for the NFL? Not really. That's no, not really. But people. But there's people in the who've played in the USFL that got a chance in the NFL. You know, so you could be in one of these smaller MMA promotions, and if you get seen, you know, right place, right time, get seen by the right eyes, get an opportunity, and you know, things things can happen for you. But nevertheless, we're going to move on from Mike Jackson to the very next one on the list. The next one on the list is Joe Sun. 
Not later. Don't, don't look. Don't look his history up, though. <laughs> no, seriously, don't look his history up. I, 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 okay. Later known as Random Task in Austin Powers, as well as being uh, a convicted felon, Joe's son was a mixed martial arts fighter. In the early 90s, his UFC debut came against Keith Hackney at UFC. Oh, shit, we're going all the way back to the damn tournament days. In what was one of the hardest fights to ever watch. Hackney had the stand-up advantage, but the fight soon hit the ground. Hackney then decided to land a swarm of groin uh, strikes, which were legal at the time, which soon forced a blood uh, choke victory against Joe Sun. Um, now I will admit, I don't know much about Joe Sun. Don't look you, you don't want to know. Yeah, you don't want to know anything about him. He's yeah. Uh, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, Super just... piece of shit. So we can go ahead and move on. All right. Yeah. So next on the list, uh, number. Four, four, oh, six. okay, yeah. Fuck this guy. Let's move on. Yeah. So next one. I to, I'm sh- sorry. I had to look it up. Um, maybe I'm a masochist. I don't know. <laughs> uh, next on the next on the list is uh, uh UFC's creative fighter number two, Sean Gannon. <laughs> the fuck are them tattoos? <laughs> exactly. You see, ugly ass tattoos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, they look just like the fucking tattoos in the first UFC game. Do they not? That's what I said. UFC creative fighter number two. Oh, God, never. <laughs> uh, in 2005, God, this is such a weird statement to say. Yeah. Uh, the UFC decided to do an experiment. They didn't want to bring in Kimbo Slice, but they wanted to bring in the only man to ever defeat him in a street fight. I don't believe that to be a real statement. Uh, that I, being Sean Gannon. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the heavyweight had a 2 and 0 professional record on the streets, I guess. I mean, it's. Because this dude definitely look, don't look like no fighter. Nope. No. Uh, so then he got a chance at EOC 55. His opponent was Brandon Lee Hinkle. Sounds like another creative fighter. Uh, Brandon took the fight to the mat and brutalized Sean. This was one hard. This was this one was hard to watch as Gannon was battered on the ground for four minutes en route to a first round TKO loss. Okay. Bro, uh, this dude is this... so terrible, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia Wikipedia. Page. I was fixing to say that, too. <laughs> I was saying, that might have been his only fight, and he had a 2-0 record where? On the, the streets don't count. Because <laughs> that was the case. Kimball Slice's record was like 108-3. and three. Dude. Right? How the... Um, um, oh, wait a minute. My brain hurts. Hold on. Why the fuck is this... I don't, I don't remember Brandon Lee Hinckley. I don't remember Sean Gannon, but apparently... They both got on the fucking main card of UFC 55. And this card had some pretty interesting uh, fights on it. Either. Yeah, what was the... I don't remember them at all, but what was the, the card? The main event was Andre Olowski versus Paul Brutello. Eh. The lightweight... Uh, the, they had two light heavyweight fights. Forrest Griffin versus Elvis Sinisic. And uh, Renato Sobral versus Chael Sonnen. And Joe Riggs versus Chris Lytle. Oh, that was Hennon uh, Sobaro. That's the guy that fucking choked out Chell Sonnen again. Yeah. Babalu. Yeah, Babalu. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because he Chelsea. beat him uh, outside of UFC and then he beat him inside of UFC. Yeah. Yeah. Just oh. a fucking joke. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. I can promo my way to championship fights even though I lose every single one. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. But no, like, I don't. I, I, I'm gonna hold on. A let me go to let me go to MMAJunkies.com and try to see if I can find who the hell this damn person is. The Sean Gant. Uh, I've never. I don't remember him. So clearly, if he doesn't have a Wikipedia page, uh, he he's not. The world doesn't remember him. Yeah. <laughs> He's a boxer, though. Let me look here. It says. A boxer or was he a street fighter that they said was a boxer like Kimbo? Oh, this is from September 11th, 2021. Former UFC fighter Sean Gannon, man, first man to beat Kimbo Slice in a street fight, dies. And that's the only thing we have on this man. It says Gannon, also a former <laughs> Boston police officer, went three and zero as an amateur and two and zero as a professional to start his brief MMA career in the early to mid two thousands. It culminated with a lone appearance in the UFC and a loss to Brandon Lee Hinckley at UFC fifty five and twenty in two thousand and five. His fight with Kimbo Slice, however is one that continues to make the rounds on social media today. At the time before Slice's short-lived UFC boxing and Bellator MMA runs, Gannon fought in a grueling scrap that saw him bloodied and sporting a nasty-looking hematoma. There you go. But it was Slice who was able to get back on his feet in the end. Uh, Wait, yeah. so does that, mean, does that mean Slice won? I mean, you would think so. You know, uh, it says here it says family members of Gannon's former partner on the police force paid tribute to the former fighter on social media after the news broke of his death. For the better part of a decade, Gannon was I'm sorry, Gannon saw his career as a police officer restricted after being placed on desk duty due to what the police force called a loss of conscious functioning and memory issues stemming from his combat sports career. Gannon sued the city of Boston in 2012, but the superior, but the superior court judge sided with the city. Gannon would appeal the ruling in 2016. This motherfucker had CTE. That I, you know what? That's it what it sounds, sounds like. like CTE. Yeah, it does sound like CTE. Holy shit! But before mm. they called it CTE, no, around this time they called it CTE because Benoit's the technically the case study for CTE. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, now it is. Yeah, I mean that was the the, the study that Nowinski did for CTE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And it was uh 2005. No, 2007. Benoit died in Seven, 2007. Sorry. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Eddie passed in 05. Benoit passed in, seven. in uh, seven. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. Well, from from uh. <laughs> How do you how do you go from the next one to that? Uh, from from old Sean Gannon that nobody knows about. <laughs> it's kind of sad because this dude just died and we we still I, don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like there's no info on it. Like to make I, uh, like like to apologize for the creative wrestler reference. Uh, I, I, nah, I, nah. My heart goes out to his family. Yes, but 
I still don't know who the fuck he is. Uh, he does look like a creator wrestler. Uh, in the picture that they provide, he looks like a least. he looks like a three D render version of a No Mercy character you make. Yes, oh. diggity diggity dig, 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 dog, break it. Yes, those I look like song. Those look like the <laughs> tattoos. Those look like the tattoos on a game that I was playing earlier that I unlocked. Right. Yeah, it looks like something I get on Saints Row. I was fixing yeah. to say that, but you beat me to it. <laughs> so, from 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 old Sean Gannon, we're gonna move on to Dean Barry. So Dean, Dean Barry, no, Dean Barry. <laughs> Dean Barry's go, from man. Ireland, oh, and he was an intriguing prospect when he was signed to the UFC in 2022. So this is very recent. Yeah, he uh, only started in April, right? In the UFC. Yeah, uh, April so 23rd. Sporting a four and one pro record, he's a former kickboxing champion who had dynamic striking. It's fitting that he was the first opponent, or his first opponent was none other than the aforementioned Mike Jackson. Here we go. So Barry came out jittery early, hitting the truth with two growing strikes in the opening minutes. Jackson was able to continue and got knocked down after the break, but he survived. Not long after regaining his senses, Barry landed one of the most vicious eye pokes seen in the octagon to lose via disqualification. In under four minutes of cage time, the Irish prospect landed three devastating fouls to force the DQ. Hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, we can we can definitely put that one up for being him for him being super young and going straight to the top, pretty much. Uh, but not nah, yeah. two. How you going? Two. I'm trying to find the. I'm trying to find the the video of the eye poke. Is it as bad as when uh, Rumble got poked in the eye and they counted as a knockout, which was bullshit? Oh shit! Say that one more time. I didn't hear that last part. Is it just like when they counted uh, when Rumble got poked in the eye and they gave him a DQ, they gave him a knockout loss? Um, I can't. I'm trying to find the fucking. There's so many videos. Hang on, let me click on this one. See if this is it. No, hey, fuck you. Oh anytime my god! You, just let me see the fucking type thing. in Mike Jackson. It the first video that pops up is the CM Punk fight. Yep. Of course. I typed in Dan Barry versus Mike Jackson eye poke and it's not letting me. It's Dean Barry. It yeah. No wonder. I put him <laughs> I, put, I, I put Dan Barry. Holy shit. <laughs> Who the fuck is Dan Barry? I don't know. Somebody. <laughs> okay. Leave me alone. Daniel, Daniel Barry. All right. Uh oh, come on, motherfucker. Let me just get to it. I it, it's, it's not on ad. YouTube. Yeah, it, it's not on YouTube anywhere. If anybody knows, if anybody has a uh, <laughs> has footage of it, let us know and then send it to uh, us. I kind of want to see it. Might be on uh, Vimeo or something. Okay. Okay, Sheer Dog doesn't even have a video for it. Well, 
fuck it. Well, all right. Let's make it. All right. So from there, we move on to Rolos Gracie Jr., the son of Rolls Gracie, Hoises Gracie Jr., was given the UFC shot after just three professional bouts. The jiu-jitsu ace was given veteran Joey Beltran in his uh, Octagon debut appearance at UFC 109 in February of 2010. He quickly proved he didn't belong in the UFC. After having his takedowns shrugged off in the first round, he looked like he was going to die of exhaustion by the second frame. He eventually got TKO'd in the second round and was released afterwards. Wow. Yep, that happened. Yeah, it is. I mean, you're a fucking Gracie. Like, I mean, <laughs> you with it now? Now he does have, you know, an eight win to four, an eight win to four loss record. Um. But his only appearance in the UFC was against Joey Beltran. And uh see, let me look and see if he's still fighting. I mean, he's a, he's been, he's in Bellator right now. Uh, oh, that's a fucking horrible eye gouge. Oh, you found it? I found a picture. I didn't find the video. Yeah, I've seen pictures. Send me the pictures. I still I couldn't even I didn't even still see the picture. Let me see if I can put it in the group. Yeah, put it in the group chat real quick. I got to upload Facebook again. Hang on. You can keep it up. I know. Or just download the uh, Messenger app. There's a desktop app for Messenger. That's what I use. That's what I do, too. I don't think it's going to load the fucking... And here we go. Let us see this uh, I poke. I don't, it's fucking loading this. I don't think it's going to let me do it. Damn. Oh, that was something else. Okay. But no, nah, but anyway, back to, uh, uh, Oh, here it goes. I found a video. Oh, you found the actual video? Okay. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, I mean, you're part of the Gracie family and your jujitsu, you know, I mean, you would think that the UFC would be the place to showcase. Um, I mean, technically, only one Gracie's done good in the UFC, though. That was Hoist Gracie. Yeah. Yeah. Which the I mean, other he ones won... have been fucked up pretty badly. Which, I mean, he won, what, the first four? No, he won He won the first two Three? tournaments. No, I think two? it was it. Ah, uh, let me look, look that up, up real quick. I just want, let me double check myself. UFC won. Uh, Hoist Gracie, I mean, Gerald Gordo. Okay, so Hoist Gracie won the first one. Hoist Gracie won the second one. Uh, Steve Jenham won the uh sec won the third one. He won one, two, and four. One, two, and four. Yeah, and then was he Kent, in three? He was. He was. No, he, he wasn't in three. Hang on, let me go back and look real quick. That's probably why he was uh, in three. <laughs> he was, yeah, Hoist Gracie was, he 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 did the quarterfinal. He beat uh, Kimo Leopoldo. 
Um, but for whatever reason, uh, it was Ken Shamrock and Felix Mitchell that played in some, this. This is all kinds of fucked up. Um, but yeah, UFC, the UFC four was Hoist Gracie versus Dan Severn. Um, and then UFC five Hoist Gracie, um, because that was the super fight championship. Hoist Gracie was in the finals faced Ken Shamrock, but that ended in a draw. Damn, UFC 2 was four months after UFC 1. Yeah. Now, here's the the thing about Hoist Gracie, though. He wore that gi to the ring, and he would use that to choke out his opponents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's technically what, I mean, old Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was like. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying, like, not saying anything negative, but if if he wasn't allowed to wear that gi to the ring, would he have won those fights? Because he literally used the gi. I mean, probably. I mean, a leg- I've, I've I've heard people make legitimate arguments about that. <coughs> um, you know, because Dan Severn, he was the beast for a reason. You know, you know, he's 64 years old and he's still a fucking monster, you know, um, and do I feel, but, but see, I'm trying to roll through. Did he win a super fight tournament? I'm trying to remember if he did or not. Who? Who, Severn? Yeah, he won. Yeah, yeah Severn won UFC 5. Uh, he also won the Ultimate Ultimate Tournament. He won the, uh, he was the, uh, he was the last UFC super fight champion. Uh, UFC Hall of Famer. And he's also won the Sure Dog MMA Hall of Fame as well. So, yes, he's definitely earned his spot. Listen, this is this is his record. 127 matches, 101 wins, 19 losses. 23 by knockout. His That's wins, 23 Se- by knockout. Dan Severn. Dan Severn, yes. 23 by knockout. 54 by submission, 24 by decision. And well, was, gotta, and he has seven draws. Yeah, but you got to think back back when he was fighting, they were fighting about every month. Right. Nowadays, you you might fight twice a year. If that. There's some fighters only fight once a year and that's probably the big the big names, the draw, you know, the, the big draws. Yeah, that's what know. I'm saying. They might fight twice a year at, at most. But yeah. yeah, those those early MMA fighters, they uh, was always fighting. Yeah, they yeah. were always fighting. It was, you know, fight after fight after fight. Ugh. So, Sorry, I just it. now watched a video. Holy shit! Yeah, that was intentional. <laughs> Nah, he was nervous. He about pooped Bullshit. his pants. Bullshit. Bullshit. He about pooped his pants. He was scared. How dare you defend this man? He had the bitchitis in him. <laughs> What'd you say? He had the bitchitis in him. Okay, well. All right, All right, Roger. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. Oh, it's me. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad you landed on this one. Go ahead. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Next on the list. 
Fuck, it was in 2010? Okay. Yeah, um, it was in 2010. Yeah, make us feel old, motherfucker. Read. Shit. After another UFC experiment came when the promotion decided to give former boxing champion Lights Out James Stoney, who was like 84 at the time, a shot in the UFC in 2010. <laughs> he, was uh, like <laughs> he was then given former UFC champion uh, Randy Couture, age 68, so a little bit younger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Tony showed almost immediately that his boxing skills did not translate to the cage. Who would have thought that a boxer of like 45 years couldn't do MMA fighting when he was a Tony? Good lord, <laughs> <laughs> he hates this man. I don't hate this man, but I don't hate them, but dude, was, he, wrestled, he was boxing for like 20 something years before he did this. Right, he start. Do you want? Do you want to know when T- James Tony started his boxing career? I say eighty five, October twenty. Uh, go ahead. Before, Take, Rod, before Roger was born, almost everything was before Roger was born. But nevertheless, <laughs> it was October twenty sixth, nineteen eighty eight. Eighty eight. Okay, so that's four years before I was born. That was right. definitely before he was born. Yeah. But his first loss didn't occur until November 18th of 1994 when he lost to Roy Jones Jr. Well, everybody lost to Roy Jones Jr. Well, back, back, back in <laughs> Captain, 94. Captain Hook over here <laughs> fuck everybody up. Right? <laughs> I would have. He probably would have had a better MMA career than James Tony. <laughs> well, I mean. Especially in 2010. <laughs> golly. Fuck, when was when was James Tony born? James Tony was born. Hang on, let me scroll back up. James Tony was born August 24th, 1968. Yeah, so, so, so he'll be he'll be 54 at we were we're recording this on uh He was 42 August, when he took that fight. He was 42 when he took the fight, yeah. <laughs> and y'all thought I was bullshit with him being boxing for 40 plus years. <laughs> Dude, old as fuck. I mean, Randy Couture ain't. I mean, at the time, he was only what? Randy Couture probably was older, actually. To be honest, yeah. uh, let's see. Right now, he's fifty nine. So, if we're going back to twenty twelve years ago, he was tw- forty seven. Yeah, he was older at the time. Yeah, forty seven. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, like, hey, I'll put, uh, I'll, I'll give the kid a chance. <laughs> It's so strange because he is the oldest champion in mixed martial arts history when he beat Tim Sylvia at the age of 43 to win the UFC heavyweight championship. But then, uh, I think. But then old Brocky Brock got him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll say that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it was one of those things because wasn't, James Tony just talking all kinds of shit about yeah. how, oh, you know, mixed martial arts and boxing, you know, it, you know, anybody yeah, he, can he, do he did it. Promos. He did a wrestling promo. Yeah. It's not as, uh, it's not as easy as you think it is because in boxing, you don't get to take somebody down to the ground. Although the guy that we watched, this past Friday, sure as hell tried to take the guy down in the first fight. Did he? Did, did he not, Chip? He sure the hell did. 
like literally I like I don't know what it, the hell was going on. Maybe he needed a hug. I don't I don't know because he was hugging him the whole damn battle. <laughs> I don't know what the hell homeboy's problem was. But yeah, they golly, what 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 was that? Oh let me scroll down here again. What was the it was a, it, it was a UFC 118. God, and that was on the main card too. Oh my god. Wait, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings on this night because that was the Frankie Edgar BJ Penn main event. God, that was a, uh, that was a fight. Damien, my, oh, no, you wasn't with me, Bubba. Um, I no, nah, I went with uh, it was it was me, it was me. You think we went with his real friends? Right? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was, was uh, this was during a time that I, I know why he didn't go with me because this was during during a time where I didn't really care for MMA. Right. I mean, it was 2010. Uh, I think it was me, Amy, uh, Tyler Thomas, his ex old lady, poor, poor puppy. And, uh, Rick justice. We, uh, we went to, uh, we went to what, (laughs) what we went to, uh, we went to Buffalo wild wings out in, uh, out in, uh, downtown Chattanooga. It not the location it's at now, but, but, uh, where, um, where the Mayan kitchen is right now, what used to be sugar ribs, that was also a Buffalo Wild Wings at one point. And we went there to watch the fights. And, uh, yeah, Frankie Edgar versus, versus BJ Penn. Uh, Gray Maynard beat Clint, beat Kenny Florian. This, this, first time I, this it was the first time I, I seen Nate Diaz beat old-ass Marcus Davis. Um, uh, Joe Lozon beat Gabe Rudiger. I know some of y'all don't know who that is, and it's fine. Um, but... Yeah, that was a good card, and then you had to watch that old ass man <laughs> get his ass whipped. And he got a main event fight. Yeah, it was semi main. It was it was right before the title fight with between uh, BJ Penn and Frank Yeager. So, but nevertheless, let's move on to the next one. And Chip, go ahead. <laughs> yep, I'll plan this out just so I could have this one. That's you know, okay. We should have skipped number seven, so he would have been having to do number one instead. No. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. <laughs> no. He said no. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Go ahead, Chip. Go ahead. So, so next up, I don't agree with the placing of this, and I'll explain after the thing. Uh, CM Punk is who we're talking about. He comes in at as the number two. <laughs> Worst UFC debut in history. Should be number one, but I'll digress. Uh, CM Punk was signed by UFC in 2014 as somewhat of a controversial move. The company decided to give the former WWE champion all the time in the world to train and tried not to rush his development while he trained out of uh, Rufus Sport. In all likelihood, Punk was brought in due due to his box office appeal at the time his highly anticipated debut came against mickey gall at ufc Mm -hmm. 203 while he did better than mike jackson did he was still taken down and mauled in the first round the current Mm -hmm. aew star wound up losing via first round submission punk would go winless in the ufc before eventually leaving the sport and returning to pro wrestling. 
All right. Yeah, because that's what happens. So this man was given two plus years to train. Yeah. And a sport he had no clue how to do, which takes some people 12 years to learn how to fight. Don't tell me you're you don't don't tell me you are going to defend this. Yes, because we've already discussed. No. We we no, we agreed. Number one this. is one board. No, no, you agreed. Number one was number one. Two out of three agreed. <laughs> I don't know anybody who had more hype coming into the UFC than CM Punk did. James Tony, Brock Lesnar. Other than Brock, Brock Lesnar, and he lost his first one pretty quickly too. Yeah. I don't know that Brock Lesnar had as much hype as CM Punk. I don't know. That's when uh, Sean Shirk's camp was probably like the best camp in MMA. What was Sean Shirk's camp again? Was that uh, Team Muscle Shark? Is all I remember. Muscle Shark. Muscle. Yeah, it was Muscle Shark. Yeah. Before he got popped with steroids. <laughs> Who would have thought that the light, <laughs> the, the lightweight that looked like he was three hundred pounds. <laughs> wasn't on steroids. Like legit, dude. Like this dude looked like a true muscle shark. He do he looked like he it looked they looked like they grew him in a fucking lab, dude. What's the like, what's the shark that uh uh what was his name? What's the shark he told us to look up that we we don't talk about? Oh god. Um I don't even remember because I tried the cookie to, cutter shark. Shit. I, that's I, I tried to get shit all out of my brain. Blame Ivan. Yeah, gosh. Blame you for remembering <laughs> the name, and blame Roger for bringing that shit back up. <laughs> we were talking about a muscle shark, and then I remember we had a horrible shark to talk about beforehand. <laughs> All right, so for, 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 forget about Sean's shark. Let's let's go back to CM Punk. That card, man, because you had um, uh, that was an Alistair Overeen uh fought. Step uh me 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 chick, is that how it's pronounced? Stepe me Stepe me Stepe yeah. Uh, Verdicio Verdum beat uh Travis Brown. Um, Mickey Gall beat CM Punk. Uh, Jimmy Rivera beat uh Uriah Favor. Sorry, Amy. Um, and then <laughs> what? Amy's Amy's favorite fighter was uh Uriah Favor. The um, Sacramento kid at the age of seventy four. The Cali, yeah, the California kid, which is like, four, is like he's like I'm, he's, he's forty three. He's no, he's forty three. Dude, really? He's forty three. Well, hell, he's been fighting since he was like, I guess, since he was twenty. Two thousand three was his debut in uh in uh so GC twenty. Nineteen years, shit. Yeah, I've been watching yeah, he, for fucking nineteen years now. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I remember watching him in WEC just fucking wrecking people, dude. Everybody like, WC rake people though. Jose dude, Aldo. Bro, that that fucking featherweight and bantamweight divisions in WEC was like some of the best fights I've ever watched in my life. Well, I mean, that's what they mainly were. Like the I mean, they technically had middleweight and heavyweight, but they didn't really have anybody. They there. didn't promote it. Like, like I'll tell you one fight. Um, it was a fight Uriah Faber lost. It was him versus Mike Brown at uh WEC forty one, or he tried to do the swing and back elbow and got caught. Yes, dude, that that was it was fight of the night. It was for the featherweight title. Man, that yeah, dude, 
but it was also but it was it was the rematch because remember um he he defended because at this point he had won the featherweight title in at 25 you know beat beat dominic he, he could beat dominic cruz in wec but he couldn't beat him in the ufc but that's a different story for a different time fuck um dominic cruz. say what now so fuck dominic cruz yeah i i <laughs> will talk about that at a different time um I know the reason, probably, um, but not nah, Mike. The, that's the whole Kogan of MMA. Ugh. You're close. You're close. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody that's more worse off. Um, I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but not nah, exactly. But, Mike, <laughs> but you know, but 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 he lost. But he but see, he lost to Mike Brown. He lost the title to Mike Brown at 36, and then he had to beat Jens Pulver to get the title again to get to get his rematch at uh at 41 and then he lost that fight but god that was the best fight that honest to god even in a loss it's still the best Uri favors looked in my opinion bar none my opinion i think it's the best um either that either that fight or the fight he had against jose aldo at 48 the one where he got his leg destroyed yeah (sighs) his leg looked fucking purple that one that's when you, yeah. that's you, hey, your corner, you should beat up your whole entire fucking camp. Right. But we go, we move back to CM Punk. And yeah, it, it, it was, wasn't. It was the second worst UFC debut. I, I don't agree with that. Well, let's, let's move on to the number one on the list, which I will agree. No, no, it's me. But I, I'm on the fence when it comes to this one, and I'll explain after I read the blurb. Number one, Hulk Hogan. Worst. (laughs) (laughs) No, he could. He's actually beaten uh, Pride Fighters. Remember? Exactly. That's why he was number one. He had to be. His UFC debut was very disappointing. That never happened. That's why. Fifteen seconds, not ten seconds. No, twelve seconds. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Ladies and gentlemen. Vanderlei Silva. Now it's easy to forget, but Vanderlei Silva fought v- v- Vitor Belfort in his UFC debut. The two Brazilian prospect prospects faced off in a battle of future UFC Hall of Famers, but it wasn't even close. Just seconds into the fight, Belfort blitzed Silva and landed a massive combination. He wound up knocking down and knocking out his opponent in just forty-four seconds yes he did now let me let me say this is the axe murderer this is vanderlei silva this is one of the i mean i can probably make the case around that time what 2001 2002 Maybe, maybe, maybe going into 2003, a legitimate argument can be made that Vanderlei Silva was the best pound per pound fighter in the world. I can make, I can, I could possibly make the case because he did beat guys like Guy Meltzer. He did beat Dan Henderson. He beat um, uh, Katsumi. uh, I cannot fucking pronounce his name. Sakuraba. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, he beat Quentin Rampage Jackson twice in prime when Jackson was coming into his own, you know, um, 
Now, he did have some losses. He did lose to Mark Hunt. He did lose to Ricardo Arana. So he did it's, have some. I forget that pride. I, I was just, I forget that pride's fucking weight class is so stupid. Because Mark Hunt and Vanderlei definitely are not in the same weight class. No, absolutely not. They're not. Um, but ironically enough, this isn't the first time that let me go back up here and look. Okay, yeah, because to, this is going all the way back to 1998 at UFC Brazil. Um, when Vanderlei Silva and Vitor Belfort fought each other, because on that same card was Frank Shamrock versus John Lober, Pat Milicic against Mikey Barnett, uh, Pedro R- uh, Rizzo against <laughs> Tank Abbott. Oh, bench press Tank. A Tank Abbott. <laughs> I forgot about him. Uh, how, but how yeah, did that... you forget about the greatest WCW wrestler ever? Oh my God! Don't 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 do that! Please don't! Please don't! We're not do talking that. about Hulk Hogan. No. <laughs> oh, this is great. But but no, I mean that happened. He, you know, forty four seconds in, and it's like, golly. But this was also his seventh fight. Came in with a five and one record, you know, but. Again, man, he, he was going up against Vitor Belfort. This dude was a one of, I would say, I would say Vitor Belfort is a top 20 lightweight of all time. I would say I'd give him top 20, maybe at the bottom of 20, but I'd say, yeah, that's what I would probably guess. You say lightweight? No, light heavyweight. Oh. If I said lightweight, I apologize. But I meant light heavyweight. Oh, so I, think, I was like, I would have put him in the top 40 for lightweight. No, but because because Vitor Belfort, dude, in the UFC, he, 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 he went up against some pretty heavy hitters and won pretty good. Uh, you know, he beat Rich Franklin. He beat uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson, uh, Michael Bisbing, Luke Rockhold, Dan Henderson twice, um, you know, Terry Martin. Uh, that but Terry, that was that was that was that affliction, um. You know he beat Randy Couture. You know he did lose to Chuck Liddell. He did lose to Alistair Overeem and Tito Ortiz. Um, Chris Weidman, uh, beat him. Nate Marquardt, uh, Nate Marquardt beat him. Um, his last fight was back in May of 2018, where he lost to Leota Machida, and he. I don't know whatever happened to him. I don't even know if he's still fighting anymore. To be honest with you, oh Leota. Ooh. Leota Machida. No. Is he is he still fighting? No. Okay. Yeah, and Belt and, and Vitor Belfort's not fighting either. He that was matter of fact, that was his last fight. He lost in the second round with one minute left after after one minute mark with a front kick to the face. Just like he took out just like he got taken out by Anderson. Right. Where right. did those guys that trained at the same gym throw the same kick? <laughs> yep. How 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 uh <laughs> I don't know. He did. I don't know. He, he didn't beat, but see, he beat when he won the uh, light heavyweight championship. When he beat Rashad Evans, um, it was mostly it was mostly a stand up game that that uh, helped him win on that one. Who Vitor? Vitor? No, 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 no. Um, uh, Leota. Yeah. Well, Leota's a karate master. He yeah, doesn't yeah. really do much on. Yeah. I mean, he does have jujitsu skill, but he's not a ground. God, guy. this this hurts my heart, man. He's lost his last four fights. Who Vitor? Leota. 
Now, Vitor don't fight no more. Vitor, uh, Vitor Belfort retired after the loss to Leona Machida. Uh, he's fighting in Bellator, um, and he lost to uh, Gerard uh, Masasi, Phil, uh, Phil Davis, Ryan Bader, and Fabian Edwards. Oof, Ryan Bader. That's a name. God, yeah, man. He lost, yeah, and that was back in May of this year. So he's still fighting. Why? He's still fighting. Still fighting. I remember, man, I remember when he won the, uh, he won the, uh, light heavyweight title against Rashad Evans, defended it against, uh, Shogun Hua, and then lost it to Shogun Hua, then lost to uh, Randy Couture, then beat, I'm sorry, lost to, uh, Quentin Jackson, then beat Randy Couture, and then John Jones happened, and then, you know. Yeah, cocaine's hard to beat. Bruh. <laughs> we had to go there. Fuck um, him. Fuck him. Yeah, well, you know. But 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 here's I will say this about Vanderlei Silva. Like, because because it was young Vanderlei Silva, I can't hold I can't hold young Vanderlei Silva to the same standard that I hold the 2001, 2002, 2003 Vanderlei Silva. Like, I, I can't, I can't hold that. I can't hold the young Vanderlei Silva in the same regard as the older Vanderlei Silva. I can't do that. And the reason why I can't do that is because he was still young because when he, when Vanderlei finally did come back to the UFC, he came back in December of 2007 versus Chuck Liddell in a fight that should have happened 10 fucking years ago. You know, or, well, or least, five, 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 five years ago. I'm sorry, five years ago. If it was, I mean, let me say ten. Five years ago, if Chuck Liddell in his prime versus Vanderlei Silva in his prime, that now granted, granted that fight, the Chuck Liddell fight from UFC 79, one fight of the night, and was also the 2008 Sheer Dog Fight of the Year. But I think it was Fight of the Year based on nostalgia more than anything because oh it was the two it was it was we finally get the fight that we wanted to see but we didn't see it when we wanted to see it you know that was the thing was the was the fight good it was yeah. it was it was, it was good but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't spectacular <laughs> it was a fight <laughs> it wasn't spectacular and then he goes in now and I will say this the very next fight that he had was against Keith Jardine and he fucked him up uh in who 36 seconds who did it Keith man, <laughs> him and Keith his J- chimpanzee style got fucked up by everybody, Bruh, He especially Houston Alexander. We, we gonna bring up the Houston Alexander fight again? <laughs> hey, hey, it's one of my favorite dude, fights, dude. We talking to get fucked up like him, that, dude. What was that? Well, yeah, what was that, Chip? I, no, I lost. I, I, I the whole I, thing I got muted. I didn't hear a word you guys say. Oh, what did you say? Because I didn't hear you. I said, "Yeah, he got staunched." Because he's Jardine. He's a fl- he's a fluffer in MMA. MMA. Yeah, but his return to UFC was not good, man. He did not have a good run. He lost to Chuck Liddell. Then he beat Keith Jardine, who everybody beats Keith Jardine. Lost to Rampage Jackson. Lost lost to Rich Franklin. Ended up getting a uh, a, a decision win over Michael Bisbing. Then he lost, a, of all people, Chris Lieben, beat Kung Lee, lost to Rich Franklin, beat Brian Stan, which I thought was very interesting. 
then lost to Kel Sun, and then his final fight with the I'm sorry, that wasn't UFC. I apologize. Uh, his loss to Chael Sonnen was in Bellator, and yeah, then his recent, uh, 2017. His 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 last fight was September of 2018, where he lost to uh, Rampage Jackson at at Bellator 206. So now that I've gone through this. I would have to sway over to Chip's side. Yeah, CM Punk's debut was probably worse. Only from the standpoint that it was young Vanderlei Silva. And I, I don't hold young Vanderlei to the same standard that I hold. Young Vanderlei had like 40 fights still. Say what now? Young Vanderlei still had like 40 fights. So. His first fight was in 96. And he's... 46 now. Okay, so 96. He was born in 76. Yeah, so he was 20 when he started fighting. Yeah. So, yeah. In 2018, Silva admitted that he has been barring symptoms consistent with CTE and has expressed a wish to donate his brain to research after his passing. I think a lot of fighters are doing that nowadays. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they are, yeah. Yeah, he's got his own uh, training, he's got his own training academy now. Uh Van Fight uh team out in Pensacola, Florida. And he's got a couple of he got a couple of uh, Las Vegas locations too, but But yeah, man, Van Vanderlei was a monster. Um, but like I said, I can't hold young Vanderlei, UFC 5 Vanderlei to what we saw in Pride. Because, I mean, like I, what I said a minute ago, a legitimate argument can be made that Vanderlei Silva, around that time, was pound for pound the best fighter on the planet. So, so, so before we get out of here tonight, if you guys can remember, are there any fights or any debuts that you were maybe disappointed in? Um, that's not on the list? <laughs> yeah, that's not on the list. Uh, not off the top of my head. No, not off the top of my head either. Right, I'm trying to... Uh, uh, I can't remember who it was, but I'm trying did, to find uh, it. Did Miguel, did Miguel Ojo win his debut when he came from uh, WC? Uh, let me look real quick. Miguel Torres. Uh, one second. Let me let me look this up. Uh, USC. Uh, Miguel Torres won his UFC debut against uh, Antonio uh, Belenares. Belenares, yeah. Belenares, and then he lost to Demetrius Johnson. Which hell, at that time, everybody was fucking DJ. Everyone was losing the D. Everyone oh, was losing um, the Mighty Mouse. Did Gomi win his uh, debut? I can't remember if Gomi won his debut or not. What was uh? What was his first name? I don't only remember him as Fireball. Okay. Takanori so, Gomi. Takanori uh, Gomi. I found him. 
uh, Takanori Gourmet, uh, mixed martial arts record. Um, no, he lost his, uh, yeah. he lost his debut fight against Kenny Florian. Yeah, I remember that fight actually, because that was on the same fight as that was UFC 20, Fight Night 21. That uh, was Fight Night, yeah, Fight Night 21, yeah. So now Roy Country, uh, yeah, boy Roy Nelson and Stefan Struve. Yeah, when Roy Nelson done fucked his world up. Uh, yeah. Jorge, Jorge Rivera beating Nate, beating Nate Quarry. Nate Quarry, I'm sorry, y'all not name Mark Quarry. Yeah, uh, I still got that was, other page up. Sorry. And there was Okami versus Yushin Okami. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Gomi, if Gomi finally goes to UFC, it fucking loses. Oh, that was the one I was mad about. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it, man, but he redeemed himself against Tyson Griffin the next fight. But then, but then got his ass beat by Clay Guido and Nate D- Nick Diaz. Nate Diaz. Us is yeah. debut, though. That was the issue. Yeah, I mean Brock winning his Brock in his debut losing to Frank Mir. Like I think that was Brock was probably the the experiment, I guess, to see if a big time because you know what the narrative was back then. Because as soon as when they ran like ads for it and stuff, they would always say, this is as real as it gets, you know? And they would like, like former WWE wrestler. And then they put wrestler in uh, quotations. Did, did you, did you ever see that promo? Yeah. 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 He was an actual wrestler though. So. Right. But they, but the fact that they put wrestler in quotations, you know, but the fact is, is like, I don't understand why they did that because he was a legitimate, NCAA Division One heavyweight champion, so you know, like I mean, he was a, a legit athlete. It wasn't like this guy just did professional wrestling and that was it. You know, like he was a legit, you know, amateur athlete. You know, um, and then the WWE has tried ever since to find the next Brock Lesnar. That's why they only try to you know recruit you know college you know athletes now. I mean, they're also younger. Right, exactly. Yeah, because but, and, but the and, thing and, we know but, about go ahead. Go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? I said we do know the thing about wrestling though, it you only get better with experience, so you want an older wrestler sometimes. Right. But but then you see there's a lot of wrestlers who are getting big at other places and their drawing power like what we talked about, like with Triple H's, you know, takeover of the company. Like you don't think he he you don't think he's watching AEW and taking a look at all the young prospects that they got, thinking I can do something with him. I want to get him. MJF, hey, let me know when your contract is up. You're, you're hey, coming over here. You MJF, know, MJF, Ricky, Ricky Stark, Stark. Yep, <laughs> Powerhouse Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, um, Darby, if he can stay healthy and not paralyze himself in the next year or two. Right. I, I think. It, if if Darby was to go to WWE and get the machine behind him, he could be the next Jeff Hardy. Like he just needs a super he just needs somebody to do level. promos. Yeah, he just needs somebody to do promos for him though. He needs to well, have Jeff needed that for the first little while too, remember? Uh I mean here and there. I mean, I still remember he had that one random solo run against the Undertaker where he did good promos. Yeah, but it, it before that Matt did all the talking 
And before that, it was uh, old Doc Hendricks, a.k.a. Michael P.S.A.'s. It was Lita. No, really, Lita <laughs> didn't really do a whole lot of promos. It, it was, I know, it was a joke. Oh, okay, I didn't. I'm and also, it was Gangrel before that? Yeah. Yeah, but Gangrel cut one promo, and they said, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> it, was the, it was the first Brood promo that they did. They were just like, yeah, was, Christian was the only one that didn't say anything in the promo, and it's like, damn, he's he might be the smartest one out of the group. <laughs> you know, just don't say nothing because none because none of them were promo ready at that point. You know, um, uh, I don't know. Edge was all right. Edge was okay. Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't there yet. Well, because you know, you got to remember, Edge Edge started as a single star, right? You I know, mean, they both definitely so. did. They trained together, but they were still solo stars. Well, but Christian came in with Gangrel, right? No. They both trained at the same place as singles. Uh, well, and then yeah, they both got signed to WWE at the same time. WWE. No, they got to the same time and moved up to the same time. Yeah, but I'm trying to yeah, but I'm trying to think of when they debuted as the brood. Uh, or just in general, yeah, just like because I know I know Edge had a couple of he did a couple of dark matches and then he had his first his first pay per view was SummerSlam '98. He teamed up with Sable against Mark Merrow and Jackal, and that was his Oof. first. Pay- yeah, don't. Yeah, um, we don't talk about Sable. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let me click here for a second it says that when uh jay riso came to the wwf his name was shortened to christian christian made his television debut as a heel at wwf pay-per-view breakdown in your house on september 27th distracting edge during his match against owen hart god rest his soul to reveal his alliance with gangrel so he did come in he did come in as a as a uh, acolyte that's, for Gangrel. That's that's weird that that's how he debuted and they became a stable together. Right. Well, it yeah. says here, it says, Christian won the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship in his debut match against Taka Michinoku at Judgment Day in your house on October 18th of 1998. He lost the title to Gilberg a month later. What the Christian- fuck? Yeah, Christian was given the character of a vampire and formed an alliance with Christian with with Gangrel and Edge, who in storyline was finally pursued to join what became the Brood at Rock Bottom in your house um, on December third. The Brood defeated the Job Squad that consisted of Al Snow, Hart, Hart, who became Hardcore. Al Snow, Hardcore Holly, and Tuco Scorpio in a six-man tag match and then briefly feuded with The Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness, later joining the team. But upon learning that Christian was beaten into telling Ken Shamrock the whereabouts of Stephanie McMahon, The Undertaker punished Christian by flogging him. Ew. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, WWE. Yeah. uh, The more, more loyal to the brood than the ministry... Uh, Edge and Gangrel betray the Undertaker and rescue Christian from the sacrifice. And then after that, Gangrel and Edge and Christian parted ways, and they did the thing with that they they put the Hardy Boys as the new brood, and then that you know that beautiful th- thing, yeah, 
they ended up having a ladder match for the managerial services of Terry Reynolds and a hundred thousand so dollars. Yeah. And then next thing you know, the Dudleys join in tables, ladders, and chairs. Yeah. That, that, then we have all that great, amazing, you know, WrestleMania SummerSlam matches. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, but that's a, that's enough for tonight, I think. Um, so yeah. And if anybody who's listening, if you know of a UFC debut that you thought was very, very disappointing, let us know in the comments, let us know, um, and, uh, tell us, you know, what you think, you know, we always, you know, love hearing from you guys. Um, I don't, well, let, whatever. <laughs> Unless you're from Boston, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Still understand. He hates Boston, but he's a Celtics fan. That still doesn't make sense to me. Cause Larry bird. Yeah, Larry legend. Okay. I bird. Get it. Bird is the word. Don't the bird, 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 the bird. I damn it! I started singing. I knew he was going to do it. I knew he was going to do it. Damn it! All right. Anyway, so that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in tonight to something about sports. Next week is the season finale of something about sports, and then the week after that, on September eighth, it's back. Are you oh. ready for some football season four? Electric Can't Google. wait for it. Season four, Electric Boogaloo. There you, this, this motherfucker. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, anything you guys want to say before we bounce out of here this evening? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. And let's talk about the sponsors for tonight's show. No. All right. Um, so <laughs> Read the sheet. <laughs> Ha, jokes on you. I have no sheets and I can't read. <laughs> I don't give a sheet. Read it. <laughs> uh, so let's say thank you first to Gear Anime for uh, hooking us up. Uh, I, I wish they would have gave us some gear. That would have been great. Um, but yes, gearanime.com forward slash movement radio. You can get some great anime gear. Uh, everything from shirts, shoes, socks, jackets, uh, slips. I mask. If you're an anime fan, I mean, why not? We like them. Somebody's right. got some socks from them. They nice. Uh, um, then also our second sponsor, thank you to Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash movement radio. Get 30 free days of uh, 30 free days of Audible and a free audiobook. Uh, I forgot on Gear Anime. When you go to checkout, hit promo code Move Radio M O V E R A D I O for free shipping. Because uh, that'll definitely help you guys out a lot. Shipping's expensive as shit. Yes, it is. Um, and also to our third sponsor, uh, who actually used some stuff for today while I was uh, doing some live stream stuff too. Uh, but thank you to uh, Canva. Go to partners.canva.com. Everything from business um, promotional products just to social media products. Uh, everything you can think of to create, you can get there pretty much. Um, so thank you to Canva. And fourth, if you have uh, an online business or a solo business yourself, you need some help uh, getting your business out there any way, shape, form with e-commerce, um, you can go to getresponse.com forward slash uh, movement radio. And with that, you will uh, 
they'll help you get to some good analytics also get you out to more of a marketable area that you probably didn't think of so go to getresponse.com forward slash movement radio exactly know your audience exactly uh that being said ladies and gentlemen also shout out to sean thompson at thompson personal training jerry and jennifer at the chronic conversations podcast andrew and sean at the warrior workout network Ivan Montanez, twitch.tv slash Unleashed Demon. All the big homies over at These Ninjas Podcast. Sean Miller with Should I Watch That? Damon Smith with Cover 2 Sports. Again, thank you guys so much for all the love and support that you guys have given us. Shout out to everybody that we got coming on the show upcoming. Uh, you know, Shout out to our homeboy Cubster. He's going to be uh, on the show here in a couple of weeks. Uh, shout out to Aaron from uh, uh, Anime Enthusiasts Unite. Um you know, shout out to uh, Alex Kane from MLW. He'll be on the program uh, soon. DNJ Movie Review. Go check them out on their uh, YouTube channel. Um, got a lot of great, you know, you know, things coming down the pike. You know, shout out to everybody at the. Again, we're still getting people sending us messages and stuff about conventions and things of that nature. Um, you know, we're going to be at uh, Chad, the first ever Chattanooga Comic Con, uh, which is going to take place on uh saturday uh october let me go back in my calendar real quick 22nd 23rd the 20 yeah the 22nd october 22nd and 23rd why am i in 2023 okay i don't fuck that up did i really put it up on the last one okay no i did i'm sorry i got a brand new uh i got a brand new uh calendar to i got a brand new planner and i'm just going through getting shit done so anyway yeah uh 60 60 days away 60 yeah 60 days away yeah so it'd be october uh, 22nd and 23rd yes um yeah so that being said ladies and gentlemen we hope that you guys will come out say hi to us and come check out all these conventions um yeah it should be fun man you know like you know what we say all the time you know we're just you know doing a whole lot of uh doing a whole lot of filming we're gonna be doing some filming uh, in a couple of weeks uh for the youtube channel uh we got, we got some react videos coming um you know maybe some food reviews who knows what we're gonna do we'll figure it out that being said, thank a you guys so much. Whatever you know, bruh. I don't need to. No, stop, stop it, stop it, stop. Just put the glizzy out there for everybody to see. <laughs> Call ourselves Arby's because we get the meats. <laughs> oh God, what the fuck is wrong with you? Dove right. City in the streets, Arby's in the sheets. <laughs> <What> <laughs> Oh my God. All right. All right. I'm done. Thank you guys. We love you. We appreciate no, you done. guys. We'll see. What? What? I said, no, don't be done. Why not? Because <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> All righty. Hit them with the outro. Please no. do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media. This fucking chair. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And once again, check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.